Pictures being snapped all around the field. The Armada launch into their first season in the NASL, looking for an attendance record and looking to serve notice to the league that they are a force to be reckoned with in their first season in the league. And right out of the gate, there it is. You couldn't script it any better. Jamal Johnson scoring for I don't think Edmonton got. I don't think they got the memo that this is the league opener and there's a massive crowd and their motto is a new French. Welcome to No Pyro No Podcast. I am Derek. I am joined by Dad Daniel Johnson. Hello, and welcome. Um, we're gonna kick off a series for you guys. It's we're gonna talk about the history of the Armada, and what better way to start things off than with a legend? Rumor has it he just needs twelve seconds. And he'll score on you. Yeah. So what, so what is that? What is that? That clip? What kind of feeling does that give you? Does it give you the goosebumps still to this day? For uh, since I'm a deep Armada supporter, like th this is uh, I'm not gonna say like uh, like you know a miracle when they're like when he gives that speech for uh, when Kurt Russell gives that speech in the locker room. Right. Right. But it it just. It does get get me like, oh yeah, this was this was that moment we were kicking off. There was no better way to start it, and we're starting this series with 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 Jamel Johnson mainly because of that goal, and everything just kicked off for us for the last uh, eight years now. Like this is the story of the club, and this is what we want to share with everyone. Yeah, it's just a, the goal that uh, sort of launched it all, and we've uh, been on a journey since then. So uh, like Derek said, we sat down with Joel and uh, got some interesting insights on uh, how he got got here, what he did while he was here. It was a, a really, really interesting conversation. So uh, we'll go ahead and get started with that now. All right, and joining us now is undisputed Armada legend, Jamal Johnson. They say he wears the white and blue. So Derek, you want to kick off? Yeah, JJ, uh, welcome to the podcast, man. You, uh, like Dan said, you're a legend. I uh, appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm definitely happy to be here on 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 this live with you. Nice. We we appreciate it. So, um, some people may not know your backstory. Um, you're actually from New Jersey. How did you end up in England? Uh, well, believe it or not, I, I was I was brought up um, in a place called Patterson. Uh, Patterson, New Jersey. It was short, short-lived stay, but it's where my my father was actually. He, he was actually born and raised. All of his side of the family, exactly the same. Basically, you know, came up there. Uh, he actually passed away a um, couple of weeks, couple of weeks after I was born, which led my mom to you know, you know, move on and try and find us a new a new life, a new a new place for us, which just so happened to be in England. Oh wow, that's that's crazy. I'm sorry to hear that about your father. Um, nah, it's so funny. It's funny. You guys, you ended up playing in some academies while you were out there, and then playing for some first team, for some story clubs in England. Were there any stops in particular along the way that you had of a little more fondness than others? Uh, well, you know, you know something. It's funny you ask. I I, I pretty much enjoyed you know my upbringing in the game. Started off playing at Man United Academy, and you know, huge club. Huge history at the time we we you know the, the the academy level was blossoming because you know we just had you know the golden years of you know Philip uh, Philip Phil, I want to start off with Phil Neville but how can I not miss out how can I miss out David Beckham Paul Scholes Ryan Giggs within that generation there I was pretty much you know a few years after that um, coming up in the academy so it was it was amazing to be a part of that sort of. That cycle, that cycle, you know, when they're just churning out players. So, you know, coming up in a game at Man U was it was amazing. It was it was just unreal, really. That, that's got to be some like special like timing and the, just the expectations all at the same time. Oh yeah, we had we had so much. There was a lot of pressure, but uh, with with that pressure, you know, you know, they say pressure makes diamonds, but we had like some some absolute ballers in my in my age group i mean I, I don't think there was anyone that didn't play top flight football i think the whole of my age group um barring barring kids that didn't make the grade at 16 my youth team that actually pushed through and what to get what was called the yts within the yts program uh, they they actually made it 
you know, to top flight playing Champions League, Premier League. I think it was only me really that didn't play for Man United first team. Wow. Well, you you did have a few other stops along the way, like <laughs> Blackburn yeah, Rovers. Yeah. Dan, I think uh, one yeah, of your yeah. favorite teams is yeah, on you there. Had, you had a spell with my uh, the mighty Preston North End, the Lily Whites. So, uh, <laughs> do you have any any memories of Preston at all that you can share? Yeah, I mean, I had I had a, some pretty good memories. To be fair, they had um the the one thing about that club when I was there, and I actually stayed in Preston. We'll put it this way: Blackburn and Preston are basically neighbors. The yeah, it's th- like Jacksonville and Orange Park. Basically, yeah. It literally is just like that. 30 minutes down the road. It's like, you know, people from Blackburn know the people from Preston just the same way as it's basically the same area. Lan- Lancashire, right. um, one of the biggest cities in the area. So I actually lived, I got my first apartment in Preston. So Do, do you remember where? <sighs> Mate, it's some years ago now. You no, that's fine. No, that's fine. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell we, you where we, I lived when I lived there. So we had hair back then, Dan. You got. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. You, hey, you got to keep the, it the easy on the hair jokes, mate. Easy on the hair jokes. Yeah, easy on the hair jokes. That's right. yeah. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even you know, bagging on you guys. And I've got all my hair. <laughs> So, but yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought I would just bring that up because Preston's sort of obscure in the, the, the world of modern football, uh, mm-hmm. one of the, the most storied clubs in the, in the history of England. And right now, uh, top of the table in the championship, in case you weren't aware. Oh, really? Are they doing yes. that well? Yeah, they're doing that well. I mean, there's only one, they're only like three or four games in before the international break. But yeah, haven't they've lost a game. A very, they've got a very, a very uh, large fan base. Uh, yes. And, you know, the people and, and it's people all from Preston. Local people, local businesses sponsor the sponsor the club, and they always have done. Like you said, they've got a very rich history, right? Which is obviously pushing them forward now, and they're still yeah. able to maintain within yeah. within the modern game, where it's you know very much money orientated, right? Uh, you know, they do a lot with a little bit of money. That's for sure. Oh, hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, they were able to get me for a month, mate. Paying my. <laughs> <laughs> I was earning a bit of money, you know, back then. It was a bit different then. But... Right, right, right. Well, that, <laughs> that's so funny. Awesome. But it's funny. But it's funny. Um, there, I have friends in, in, in Preston who remember your time there. Yeah, it crazy. Was... And you always spent a month. No, it was it was literally a month a month's time. It I it it, it was it wasn't an amazing experience. I'm not going to lie to you. It right. was like you know completely different from the standard of sure training facility, you know, stuff like that. But the experience on the field. Mm-hmm. being able to play in the championship at the time where I was basically just playing reserve reserve team football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, the gaffer was like, hey, you know, Mark Hughes, he's like, hey, do you want to just go out and get a couple of games in? Club wants you. We've, we've got a phone call. Here's an opportunity. What do you think? And I was kind of like, well, if it's, on, if it's on our door, if it's on our doorstep and I lived in Preston, mm-hmm. I still ended up being late for training every day. But... <laughs> 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 that's I, awesome. I got a goal. I got a goal when I was there. So and that was a, that, it. Was a great night. So, so yeah, yeah, that's that's great. That, that's you just put a big smile on my face. So, so, <laughs> yeah, so you know, I'm never gonna hear the end of how, how JJ impressed him from Dan. So it just <laughs> no, that's okay. Hey, we, he, he, he's gonna text me daily for about we, two weeks now. We had we had we had Bexon for a little while too. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, he did go to Preston for a little while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like who's who's this kid? And you could see some. uh some pretty amazing stuff on his uh, taking his corners and his set pieces. You knew he was something special even way back then. Mm-hmm. All right, so you ended up leaving the UK, played in the ASL with the Strikers, the Cosmos for um, a couple of years. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, it was it was funny how it all sort of went down. I, I, I sort of before I moved to America, I, I spent a little bit of time in Bulgaria. Believe it or not. <laughs> I went over to Bulgaria, got an opportunity over there. One of my friends had a connection and was able to sort of manufacture a deal uh, out of thin air, really, for me to go over there. Whilst I was there, I was put into contact with somebody, you know, from the States, you know, had a had a good sort of relationship with a new a new found uh, franchise that was being rebooted. Obviously, you know, the, the New York Cosmos. Now this was two years in the ma- this was two years in the making this move. So I'm so I've basically got a flight. I've just got a flight over to America. My mum lived over here. She she moved back maybe fifteen years prior. The end uh, probably early two thousands to to America. And, and I just I, I moved back over to the state. I just moved back over to the states on a whim after my move after my move over in Bulgaria. 
And I, you know, I, I, I've tried to find some training, ended up being over at Tampa Bay Rowdies. And then I was at Tampa Bay Rowdies, just training, 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 trying to, trying to sort of get my, earn myself a spot somewhere. But there was so little money involved in the game at that level that it was kind of like such a big drop for me. And I couldn't just accept, you know, like not having, you know, having earned a certain amount and having a certain lifestyle that I wanted to live. Uh, coming over here and not being able to earn the same amount of money that I was earning, you know. And you thought Preston was a drop. Oh, mate, this was like, this was <laughs> like, I might as well go and work at like, you know, a local, local newspaper store like in America. You know, mm -hmm. like it was, it was literally kids coming out of college and just wanting to be involved in the game, love the game, want to be involved in the game, would do anything to be able to be involved in the game. These are the kids, what they're sort of aiming to get. And that's the type of money that they were offering you. So you'd basically just get enough, just enough, just about enough money to get into training mm -hmm. with a little bit spare. So you can, you know, maybe go and get yourself a Chipotle after training and, you know, save the <laughs> second half of it for, for dinner right. at night. Right. Yeah. So it was, it was a tough situation, but, you know, I still had it at the back of my mind. I can go to New York Cosmos, you know, another club, you know, huge history, Pele, Beckenbauer. Um, and it was sold to me. And, you know, that's what I that's what I needed to do to bide my time until I could go, and, you know, go up there, up to New York and play there. Okay. okay. So, so the uh, tell us about how you ended up in where you call home now, Jacksonville, Florida, in the Jacksonville Armada. <laughs> It was it was a it was a weird one. It was a weird one because you know I'd been at I'd been at the Cosmos for two years. It was like eighteen nineteen months I was there and fell out of favor. They they basically were were going in a different direction. Um, I needed more game time, and I was also looking, you know, to try and put myself back in the shop window because you know I felt as though I had. I had a little bit more to offer and, you know, wasn't being given the same, you know, the opportunities that I would have thought I would have been able to get at, at the Cosmos. So I ended up finding myself an agent and, you know, trying to, trying to get myself a, a way out of there. I ended up stumbling, stumbling upon this team in Florida that was apparently close to the beach, <laughs> <laughs> apparently close to the beach, really hot, nice weather. Uh, they told me it doesn't rain that much, not as much as it does in England. Uh, well, that's true. Not as much as England. It's just how it happens at one time. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It just didn't make any kind of sense. I'd get down here. I got down here and it was just raining every day. I was like, you liars. It's crazy. Yeah, but, but, um, but it only lasts half an hour, 45 minutes. So yeah, sometimes even two minutes. It's really, really quite strange. But right. <laughs> so, no, I just, I, I got in, I got in contact with somebody down here and, um, they they ended up they ended up you know getting me involved. Thankfully, you know, it, it it turned out it turned out to be one of one of the most exciting, most unforgettable times of my my football career. So, do you remember when you landed in Jacksonville? Apparently, you were craving something very specific when you got to town. Do you remember what that was? Ooh. I'm I'm not I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. I, I was told earlier today that. The person who picked you up needed to take you to Chick-fil-A because you were just just like craving Chick-fil-A. I don't know who has told you. I, I got sources. I got I, I got some inside sources. Oh mate, I, I'm I'm not I'm not too sure. I'm not I'm not too sure about that. But it might it might be it might actually be true though. It might be true. I I can't quite remember, but. Um, I'd only visit, you know, I was down there for a little while, but it probably was true back then because my diet was awful. <laughs> my diet was awful. I'm not even going to lie. It was terrible. Okay. Uh, I just thought it was a random fact about you that someone told me. So I was like, okay, I'm going I'm to run with this. But, but again, we may have to check Derek's sources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we definitely got it, it won't be hard to check it. So uh, <laughs> I see the guy almost daily. So, <laughs> so when you get to the Armada... The club took a very unusual approach. Had two head coaches, one with Jose Luis Villarreal and Guillermo Hoyos. How did that work in the locker room leading into that season? I think a, a little bit of confusion. I think a little bit of you know apprehension from a lot of the a lot of the players in the dressing room. A lot of them were were reluctant to sort of you know, really buy into, you know, what was going on 
initially. And, you know, it, it is confusing, you know, especially with the language barrier. I think it was a, it was a, it was a difficult time, but there's a big but. It, for me personally, I was all in. Well, I was, all, I was all in on it. You know, like I've got people around me that are like, you know, you know, coaching, coaching staff that are around me that have, you know, got close relationships with Lionel Messi, have got a wealthy background in the game. You know, and you know, and and an abundance of uh, information and a real a real plan. So you know, I was kind of like, hey, listen, language barrier, fine. I've been to Bulgaria. I was out there for just under a year. That's not a problem. Spanish is far easier than me having to learn Serbian. I speak Serbian, right? Right. So you know, I, I was I was all in on it. You know, as long as I got a football at my feet and the sunshine, and I'm good. You know, but Chick Fil A. Uh, Chick-fil-A, mm, occasionally, probably more than I should have. <laughs> so did the uh, the unbuttoned shirts and tight jeans, is that the, was that kind of disturbing that we used to see a lot of the times? That kind of put you off a little bit? What put me off of uh, put me off of, of who? Uh, of, 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 of the coaching staff. Who, who's, got, who's got his shirt open? When it oh, went, never mind. Done. I won't even go there. All right. I, I, I think I know who he's talking about. I think it was the one who coached Messi. Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely like a very flamboyant sort of outspoken, even though he didn't speak any English. He was like, he was a character, mate. He was a, he was a complete character. So did you guys bit. have a translator in the locker room? Uh, yeah, at the time it was Miguel Miguel Gallardo. <laughs> oh, okay. So I, I didn't know that. <laughs> wonder if he got paid extra for that. No, he okay. was definitely getting paid well. You not see the car? You not see the motor that he used to drive around? Yeah, in? yeah, yeah, yeah. He had that. Uh, is it a saline? Yeah. But like the like not like the highest level. Well, he he Oscar. was the the Armada's first signing, and he was that splashy. Uh, goalkeeper uh down from uh orlando that had success in the what was it i think was it the npsl or yeah on, uh, or usl2 oh, i think it might might have been at the time orlando city i'm not sure i'm sure i'm not sure yeah, it was they before they went just to mls getting ready to form. Yeah. yeah yeah they were but he did he the, had a they still been was the san antonio no he, he it, it was down in orlando city no, this is when they had orlando like city, yeah they they had that epic uh like four three win. They had the um, that one striker for them that ended up doing pretty well in Kansas City. Dom Dom Dwyer. Dom Dwyer. Yeah. So they, they had a solid team. I forget what division they were in, but it was uh he really made his name with Orlando City Faithful uh during those few years and then just up the road the got an ASL Division two, supposedly higher uh, level. So, and then uh, the season season kicks off. You guys end up playing Edmonton. Twelve seconds in, you make your mark and you break the NASL modern day uh, record for the quickest goal. Um, tell us about that moment. I mean, what you just you know you, you try and you try and envision, you know what what something's gonna look like and like that that just happens. It, it was just crazy. It was just insane. I think I, I probably wasted probably a whole match's worth of energy celebrating that goal. <laughs> <laughs> like blood vessel, a couple blood vessels popped probably in my neck or something. Like I was screaming, sprinting over to my coach. It was amazing. It was like, it was like, you know, dream come true, dream start, especially in that venue right. with the crowd. You yeah, know, because that game was at Everbank, right? Yes. Yeah, it was at Everbank. It's at Everbank. Yeah, and and you know, it was it was it was huge, mate. It was huge. The amount of fans that were there. You know, I'd not played in in front of a crowd like that since probably probably since back when I was playing in England. Honestly. Right. Yeah, I think there was a like sixteen thousand. It broke the attendance record for the, the for modern lower NASL. league soccer in the well, not even NASL, but like any lower league soccer at the time. Mm. It was unheard of. Like you, you most lower league here in the U.S. was getting like five, six thousand as a good attendance, and here, brand new team, sixteen thousand, and JJ just lights up the scoreboard like right there. Do you still yeah. get free drinks from that? From that goal, mate. I've never, I've never been, I've never been, I've never been. I don't, I don't go out, mate. I, I won't be able to tell you, mate. I don't drink. I don't drink. I don't go out. So 
All right, I, I got you some Chipotle or whatever you want. I heard you mention that earlier, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hook you up. No, no, no. I don't, I don't get free drinks, but, I mean, if anyone's listening to this or anyone hears about it, I'm always down. I'm always down for a quick, um, a nice, a nice bourbon. Okay. A little, little, little okay. glass, a little glass of whiskey never goes wrong. So yeah, throw, throw me a couple my way. Yeah, I'm okay. Sure we can, can get that taken care of. Yeah, and for and for that goal, it's like you know, you you never go in expecting that, do you? As as, as a player, um, at least no, I know as, as a fan, I would you would never you know I, I was there to see that, and it was just like my jaw dropped. I almost missed it. It's like what happened? There was a little bit of a delay, you know, like with you know, like because a lot of people when they when they you know approach me and, and have a conversation with me about that moment, they're like, "Mate, you didn't even give me a chance to sit down and <laughs> I didn't even find my seat yet." I'm like, uh-huh. oh, "Mate, if I get an opportunity, I'm not trying to wait." That's right. But it was it was like honestly, it was like there was a there was a silence. And then sort of, I don't know whether it got announced on the, you know, in the moment, I can't remember exactly, but mm-hmm. I don't know whether it was announced by the the PA. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, like everyone's screaming and I'm just running around in circles. And then I just turn around, find the coach, you know, because he had been working with me, you know, not not necessarily on my shooting or anything like that, but just sort of you know, bringing back that sort of like fire, you know, like right, bringing back that sort of fire within me. Because, you know, you know, in times, in times where you're not scoring many goals and you're an attacking player and your team's successful, but you're not really sort of having the, the sort of impact that you would like to have had on, on, on the game or in the, in games, you know, for you to start off a season like that, it was like... It was it was it was massive, mate. It was massive. I can't, you know, I can't write it, mate. I couldn't have wrote it. It was amazing. Now, was... just to fast forward a little bit, when when you left the Armada after a few seasons, you went to Fresno. Didn't you score their first goal ever too? Yeah, you, I you did. You just yeah. have a tendency to do that, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, which one? I, which one was uh, more exciting for you? I'd want to. I'd want to say the one. It, I'd want to say the one at um, at Jacksonville. Honestly, I'd want to say the one at Jacksonville, just because it was. I know, obviously, they were they're both you know brand new teams, you know, but because of you know the the locate not the, not just the location, but the energy that was in the on that night, the energy, you know, we have you know I, I don't know if you remember, but Cater, Cater, um, yeah. Alassane Cater, he's. He basically had like a chant before the games that he would do, and we'd we'd practice it before the game, and it and it literally like sh- strikes fear into the hearts of men. <laughs> like this thing is like <laughs> like a, a real chant, like a real chant, like from obviously it must be where you know he's from Guinea, and, and one of his one of his old one of his old teammates must have done something similar, or he might have made it up himself. I don't know, but. It's something that we would do before every game in the in the in the sort of uh, in the tunnel before the match mm-hmm. before we come out, and it was like literally two minutes after that we're on the field. Next twelve seconds, like I'm scoring. It was like it was just, it was just it was it was crazy, mate. It was just insane. It was insane. And I need you to remind me to reach out to Kata so we can get him on the podcast to do this chant because I want to hear what this chant is. Yeah, <laughs> like, this thing is like. If you're in the tunnel and you're hearing like 20 dudes like screaming, like you're thinking to yourself, what is going on? It was like, it was, it's insane. When you, when you, when you get, you need to get him on to hear it anyway. You need to get him on to hear it. I'm going to tell him that he's, he should be expecting a call from you guys. Okay. Done. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward from that game, spring season, you guys show you got a little fight in you. New mm-hmm. kids on the block. You get three wins, three draws, four losses, and you sit mid-table, six out of 11 teams going into um, – there, there's a break in between the, the spring season and the fall season in the NASL when it was going on. But the second half doesn't really go your guys' way. Um, we go through a long winless uh, streak on the road, and by, the, by September, both of the head coaches that were there at the beginning of the year, they're gone. And you guys now have an interim coach in Eric Dade stepping in for the remainder of the season. 
What was the feeling like in the locker room when you guys are going through that streak and going through that second half of the year? Interestingly enough, you know, there wasn't so many egos. You know, there wasn't like, I mean, you do have you do have like players in there that are like, you know, different. You do have people from different cultures, different backgrounds. It, it was a collective that was built up of like maybe I think 10 different nationalities at the time. So there wasn't necessarily this feeling of like, you know, sort of any sort of instigating or any sort of like, it's your fault or which you would get if you were playing like elsewhere. Right. So we were sort of just like, we want to try and win. We want to try and win. Uh, The plan wasn't really to defend. The plan was more so we're going to score more goals than the other teams. And, you know, when you do have that strategy, and you, you're coming up, you're coming up short in front of goal. It's it sort of turns into a situation where, hey, like we've got to, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to regroup. We've got to, we, we've got to try to maintain and try and like sustain some sort of like uh, togetherness here. And you know, it it just wasn't it wasn't coming off for coming off for us. So I think the change for a lot of people, especially sort of the ones that weren't naturally you know sp- speaking spanish and having that connection with the coach i think it was welcome i think it was definitely welcome so you know eric day good dude you know he's coming with he's coming with more of a plan i think it was a, a big a big opportunity for him personally uh to take on that sort of sort, sort of a role at the time being involved with jfc at the time also you know wanting to try and probably put himself in the sh- in in that sort of professional environment um, it was a huge opportunity for him. Uh, a lot of a lot of people wanted to get behind him, you know. Yeah, I get that. He's, he was a great guy. I, yeah, I've had a few conversations with him. Great guy. Yeah, top man. He's top man. Yeah, so that that that's a, a wrap on the uh, on the first season. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Print Kingdom. Print Kingdom is a local veteran-owned business offering custom screen-printed goods to help elevate and make your small business or organization stand out from the crowd. And joining us once again is Armada legend Jamal Johnson. So, JJ, um, in comes 2016. The team rebrands as the bold new team of the South. Tony Miola's hired as the head coach, and we get some new faces in the club. We get Tyler Ruthven, Kevon George, Richie Ryan, who was the captain of uh, the 2015 NASL champs, uh, Ottawa. And then we also get USL leading goal scorer, Matt Fondy, and the guy who got him most of the assists in Louisville, Brian Burkett, right back. There was a lot of like genuine excitement in the fan base that the year was going to, like, it was going to be very different in 2016 than 2015. What did you think of the direction of the team going into that year? Uh, I was excited. I was excited knowing that, you know, there was some, you know, obviously a great amount of talent coming into the group. I'd never, I'd never, I'd never really seen too much of Tyler Ruthven. Uh, I heard great things about Matt Fondy, but Richie Ryan, I'd always rated him, you know, and rated him highly. I thought he was a good player, left-footed central midfielder. Um, he had a history in the game um, and had a good education uh, on his come up uh, through youth, through the youth development system. So I was excited. I was I was excited excited really to play around him and, and with them. You know, things don't always things don't always start so well. Things don't always end so well, but you know, they were great people. Kevon George, especially, you know, I kept in good contact with him. He's a, he's a great guy, you know, family man, you know, and, and, and it was something for me to, to be around a player that, you know, he, he kept on his, he kept his career going. And as an international, I thought he was a, he was a very, very, very good professional. So oh, no, I, I loved him, man. He's a, he was so solid in the midfield. His, ability to just make that tackle like go to ground it just 
This game was awesome. I loved it. I, I yeah. missed them. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no. 100%. 100%. You know, that's a, that's a massive, massive, um, you know, for, 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 me to, for me to you, for you to be able to see that, you know, as a fan, a lot of people want to talk about sort of, you know, people's ability on the ball or like, you know, he scored great goals and like his feet were amazing. You know, like, no, like this guy was like, he was like a soldier, man. He was like, if you know, you've got somebody, someone like that in your team, it's like you, you, you're confident. You're confident that you're gonna get get. Where I remember looking him up when he came to the team. I was like, okay, we got some six four guy, got some size, and he had like a hundred caps between club and country. I believe he was a Trinidad, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yes. Yeah. Zero goals, <laughs> like in his <laughs> whole career, like going going through the Armada, and I think his uh, next stop was like. Charlotte or something like that. Zero yeah. goals. Like I was like, wow, how does a guy who like you got the talent to be on the field? Like nothing. No lucky goal or anything. So but well, he's made such an impact on the game. Well that's right. you know one thing if, if you listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you know one of my favorite things is is talking about work rate. You know, mm-hmm. it's the, the things you, you the, the flashy things you don't see. You know, it's like uh, you you want to see the hustle, you want to see the hard work put in. And uh, you know, you know what what somebody does off the ball, and he was a great example of of, of that work rate for sure. Oh, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. Always at the front in the running. You know, all the things that people didn't really, or not that they didn't really, but wanted to sort of look past. He was that like that unsung hero, man. Like honestly, like I I really respect him, man. Like in his professionalism. Dude was into like karate, like he would go to like karate classes, like mm. on the low. No one really knew about it. I knew about it, but he was into a lot of stuff that was discipline oriented, uh, discipline orientated. You know, like it it was like a self self sort of building his mm-hmm. character, things that he would choose to do. You know, he choose to do things like you know karate and choose to do things like yoga. Mm-hmm. You know. Body is body is body is your temple type type of a person, and it really showed in his game when right. it sort of embodied that character. Uh, you know, all power to him, man. He was he was a good teammate. Maybe he was maybe he was Batman, and you know, we, just, <laughs> we just didn't know. Did you ever see Batman and him in the same place at the same time? <laughs> oh man! There you go. That that could that could be it. It's it all well coming together it. now. <laughs> I mean, he could he That's could right. definitely. Yeah, he could definitely he could definitely be able to play that role, mate. He could definitely play that role. That's yeah, maybe we need to get him on the podcast. We can we can grill him hard on that to find out. It's like, how come we've never seen you and Batman in the same place? We'll we'll never we'll, we'll listen. We'll never know. We'll just never know. Man. <laughs> That's true. We'll never, we'll never know. <laughs> it sounds awesome. like you got a little insight. You might be in on that. I don't know, JJ. AKA Robin. No, 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 no. I'd be Ooh, I'd be, the, I'd be his mate making all like the, the gadgets and everything like that. Do you know what I mean? Okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got you. That's awesome. Right, so you, okay. guys, you guys did have um, a first for the club while Tony Miola was the head coach. It, it Back when we were in the NASL, we automatically qualified for the U.S. Open Cup. And you guys had a win over uh, Charleston Battery. 2-1 win. I'll never forget it because not only did uh, your boy Kata get that extra time winner in the 108th minute, but I was a huge fan of uh, Patrick Ott. Yeah. Otter. And I always told him, like, we're going to celebrate together when uh, when you score a goal. And he scored his first goal for the team. And he locked eyes with me, ran straight over, jumped into my arms because they were at JU. And, it, like, we were, like, right on top of things there. It just jumped in my arms. And it was just the party in Section 904. There's, like, a, a great shot of uh, whoever was doing camera work that day. I think it was um, Mr. Garrett of Danny Barrow jumping on top of everything and just it was just a party and a pile on top of the supporters section like how fun of a moment was that to be part of the team's first open cup win no it was it was amazing mate it was amazing mate uh you know you, you don't you don't think about it too much in the at the time because obviously you know it's it's another game you you know you want to win but you know, historically, when something's not happened like that before, it's something that w- where you look back on and, you know, you, you're happy that you were a part of. 
and and you know I'm thankful. I'm thankful to be. I'm thankful to have been in a squad to be able to have brought something like that to to, to you know to to the Armada again, uh, and for, especially for Patrick as well because he was such a good lad. You know, he he is a good lad. He was a top. He was a top pro. You know, he was a good lad. You know, not everything went his way, but like I know that he was he was more than happy. To have, uh, not more than happy, but he was he was ecstatic when he was able to get himself on the score sheet. I'm sure. I I have a signed jersey from him, so I'm <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the guy. Uh, the short little guy. Yeah. But it, <laughs> he just it, he had a lot of energy and like lightened up a room whenever like I spoke to him. Like he was just a good guy. So he's from like, he's from like Cali, right? He's from the West Coast. I think so. I think yes. that's why me and him like were uh, uh, connected. Yeah. Because I'm originally from Southern California, and I think he was from out there too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Was, he, was, he was a good, he was a top pro man. He was like one of them. One of them. He probably does like he probably does like you know like he's, he's super like super into the gym. Like he's he definitely still goes to the gym. I'm sure of it. Uh, he picked up a few injuries and stuff, but that guy was like the most enthusiastic person. As soon as he went through them gym doors, mate, he was like a, he was like a superhero, man. He was like crazy with it. That's awesome. Yeah, man. With that win, you guys actually advanced. You guys next opponent was Orlando City, and that match was memorable. But for unfortunately, for the reasons off the pitch, Orlando just had that pulse shooting mm-hmm. four days prior, where forty nine people lost their life. Um, this was the first game for that city and it just happened to be up here in jacksonville at ju and the open cup um what was the feeling going into that game what did it mean for both teams to take the field well i mean it was it was it was a tough time obviously you know and me personally i actually knew i knew like i had a few friends that were you know in close relationships with people that were um either relate some even related to um and, and good friends with people that were sort of there on on the night of the shooting so it was kind of for me it was like it was close to home because I was having conversations leading into it you know as as you obviously you know as you would think it's like something that doesn't just necessarily you know happen and then fall short of your everyday life if you if you've got some any kind of involvement in it so it was like it was it was a terrible it was a terrible moment for a lot of people, um, but to be able to get back out on the field, I think that it, it it gave people that sense of like you know togetherness again to where they'd be able to go out, put their colours on, and be able to go and watch their team play. And for for the boys, obviously in the in the dressing room, you know. It's not just another. It wasn't just another game. It was like you know you are really thinking and you know you are really really thinking about the people that were involved in it. So you know it was a it was an emotional night. It was something that you know we we were all we were all thinking about going into the game. So definitely an emotional night. Definitely an emotional night. Yeah, it, it was definitely felt um, from here to Orlando. Some people who listen. Uh, uh, we we have some listeners from around the world, and uh, it's Orlando's only two hours away from the drive, so it's not that far. So like, there's so many people that the communities are apart, but they're so intertwined. Yeah, uh, all at the same time. So yeah, it was definitely uh, unfortunate, but it was it it was good there was moments of uh pause for those victims and that you could tell that it was on a lot of not only the armada players but definitely the orlando city players mind going into that game to play for that community 100% 100% for sure okay so moving on into the season shortly into the year uh captain richie ryan uh, gets sold for an insane amount of. Uh, it may not be you know old school Jamal Johnson money, but it was an insane amount of money for lower league soccer in the U.S. Uh, and it goes on to Miami. The team only gets one win in the spring season, and the the away uh, losing streak uh, is sort of still going on. Tough loss uh, at, at Indy, and then uh, Tony gets the axe. 
uh, in steps Mark Lowry, for those who don't know, uh, who's already on the coaching staff, and the team gets almost completely, we want to say instant results. No losses in the next four games, including a 2-1 win in Ottawa, and you got an assist uh, and then the go-ahead goal in that game in the 87th minute. How much relief did you and the team feel finally getting that first road win? It was, it was a massive – It was a, well, I just remember the night out, honestly. I remember the night out. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I'm like, I'm like, we talk about football there. No, I, we, I, talk, honestly, we talk about all stuff. Here, so. Mate, I, honestly, I went out. I had, I had the best night in Ottawa, man. I, Canada, like Canada, mm-hmm. we need to be thankful for Canada, for, for Canada, honestly. It was a great night. <laughs> <laughs> we sort of we sort of didn't have any we didn't really have any thought about losing going up there honestly like we didn't have any mm-hmm. thought about losing up there mm-hmm. you know we've we 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 looked we we studied hard on what their weaknesses were we, we were going to a great venue mm-hmm. and we had a plan you know what I mean and, and what we needed to do was execute and that's what the boys done you know what I mean like um, I, I literally took, I think I took the majority of the set pieces in that game. Mm-hmm. And my mindset was like con- consistently like, find Kater, find Kater, find Kater. This dude was like five, he's like five foot seven, but he'll get on right. the end of stuff. You know, he's just got that knack. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of players, uh, they just have that knack of getting on the end of stuff. Like Michael Owen, like he's five I thought foot you were going to say Tommy K. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Kate as well in his own right. Yeah, he can get him in the stuff. But no, Kate is like he's different level, and he like he's like, you know, he scored at the Bernabeu. He scored at like, um, you know, he scored at, you know, New Camp. This dude's like he'll mm-hmm. you put the ball in the right areas, he'll get himself on the end of it. And you know that night in that day in uh, Ottawa, it was cooking. Like we was it was so hot on that turf as well. But we ended up getting the job done. Good stuff. So what was that? So now you're you're going through another transition, right? Uh, you know, Tony Tony showed up, Tony left. Uh, so you know, like like we said before, Mark steps into the into the role. That has to be a 180 in uh, in style change for sure. Was that was that a tough adjustment? Or were no. you getting what you cra- what you craved? No. What you wow, that was a quick hard no. <laughs> no, I was like, it was like, thank you, like you know, like right, someone's co- that was someone's- be the next. That was, that was going to be the next part of my question. Was so was it was it like the one eighty and and that's what what everybody was craving? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it was what the, it was what we needed because you you did have hungry individuals in the squad that were willing to do a job. You know, the professional the the professionalism was all there. It wasn't like you know you're in, and I know there was clubs that, that were in NASL where it was just a jolly up. Like a jolly up, you know, people are just showing up to get a little bit of money, like, and and just get, you know, go out on nights out, party, take take it in, take taking the American lifestyle. Whereas, like, you know, this this Jacksonville group, yeah, you you go out every every now and again, have a little bit of fun, but like the 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 thought in mind was still there that you wanted to sort of go on to do more things and right, um, you know, Mark he was another person that wanted to do well and he wanted to go on and do more things. And it was, it was an immediate impact because there was that connection. And, you know, when you put, when you put, you know, you put a couple of things together, it just more often than not, you know, if they, if they, if they match and it makes sense, it's, it's going to multiply and it's going to build and you're going to be able to get that momentum. And that's what he brought in and that's what we had ready for him. So, you know, it was like it ignited that fire and we got things done. Right, and it showed out of the pitch for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, did you have any different feeling between going into year one to year two to be between going between years two and year three with the head coaching? Because Mark Lowry ended up getting that job permanently for the Armada. Yeah, I, I had a good connection with him, you know, you know, not – not every not every coach you're gonna see eye to eye with because you know you know you you're gonna have performance dips and you're gonna have sort of uh, times where it's not not going well for you. But he definitely was was a person that 
uh, gave me sort of the uh, opportunity that I needed and, you know, sort of backed me. You know, he knew what he had within me as a player um, and and as a character within the dressing room as well. So I kind of like, kind of like thrived under him. You know, nothing lasts, nothing lasts forever with regards to performance performance unless you're Lionel Messi, you know, so. <laughs> Guys are ageless. That's what I mean, man. I just don't, I just, I don't get it. But yeah, it was just, it, it was, it's, it, it, it's, it was, it was a great, it was a great moment and definitely had a, a renewed sort of rejuvenated feeling of wanting to do well in Jacksonville after that, after he got appointed as head coach for a second term, for a second term. That's awesome. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a good, good guy. Family man. Like he's good. He's a good guy, man. You know, like you know, you meet somebody and you just see that you know they they just want to do well. Like you know. Oh no! It, 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 he was pure class, and the fact that like even after Mac, my Mark Lowry left the Armada, it shows like how many players who went to go play for him in El Paso and and then now Indianapolis. The the people that want to still continue to go play for him. Like it, it just it says everything about the person as a human. Hundred percent. So and it helps that he's just wins too. So <laughs> yeah, like that's an important thing, man. It also you helps you got Meshach Jerome on that back line too, and uh, that guy is a that guy was a legend. <laughs> yeah, he was an ox, man. He was an ox. I don't know many people that strike the ball like him. His his right foot is just like I, I remember. I went to a preseason thing at Patton Park when Miola was the coach and the old owner Mark Frisch was just like he he leans over to me and like look at his legs like I I, I can't I, I can't imagine like like what one leg of Meshack Jerome's was the size of like his torso I would I would say my torso but like I don't know of anything's the size of my torso. That's not perfect, man. That's not perfect, But like Meshach, he was just um, he was just different. He's, yeah, he's honestly, it's it was on. You know, it, you know the you know the craziest thing. He doesn't he does he doesn't go to the gym or anything like that. It doesn't. No way. Doesn't go to the gym like he wouldn't want to do specific specific training to build he he it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't something that he did he was just naturally a very just a natural athlete you know just a natural I just Meshach always gave me the the vibe of when he's not playing soccer he wants to spend every single moment with his family yes 100% mate it, it's like those were his two loves, and everything else is okay, whatever. But like that—that—that's the vibe I always got, and I—I I miss his wife. I like the the games Ooh. when uh, when when you guys played in the NPSL for that one year, or actually, you already went to Fresno. I I went to a lot of those games away, and Meshach's wife in the stands is—I loved it. She she's so passionate. She she's such an amazing person. Yeah, she's but she's followed him and been there for him like every step of the way. So, like you know, and and you know you you, you said it best, mate. He, he didn't if he wasn't on the football field, he he was just with his family. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's that. It's gonna give you some sort of longevity, you know, whether it's whether it is on the field or whether it, whether it's off it, you know, and 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 you know he sort of really took that part so seriously it was it is and i said admirable admirable uh part to his to his character what i think you know it'll stick with me anyway definitely with him he's a, he's a top top man top top man yeah, for sure well, jj we want to thank you for uh taking a little bit of time to join us as we uh go through uh armada history so mm-hmm. uh and so glad that uh that you've stuck around with us here in jacksonville and next goal you score in the Open Cup, I'll, I'll bring a bottle of bourbon to celebrate. Yes. With you. So <laughs> immediately after I score. Yeah. Well, you're I'll only going to be on the field for about like two, two to five minutes. Let's let's be real. Because yeah. <laughs> we're talking two years from now, so you know. It's... That's, all, that's all the juice I've got left in the tank, mate. Hey, actually, you know what? We'll we'll get you a shot of bourbon beforehand. 
and that will give you the energy to to, to go out there for ten minutes. <laughs> Who knows? Armada goes back professional. Who knows? We could see JJ back. Uh, he's he's got another twelve seconds. That's all he yeah, needs. Yeah, that's all he needs. Twelve <laughs> seconds. I still play. I still play every now and again, and I join in with the kids every so often. So I mean, I'll try and keep my back. Myself in the best shape I possibly can, you know. If the opportunity does arise, I'll be ready for it, you know. Yeah, you never know. We could have to call you up. <laughs> and, uh, Batman's always yeah. not going to be available, so we must do it. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick, put up the JJ signal. All right, JJ, thank it, you. I would love it, mate. I would definitely love it. Thank you for your time, and we'll see you soon. You're a legend, man. I definitely appreciate you guys inviting me on. Take thank care. Thank you. All right, sir. So that was Jamal Johnson, um, which is going to be the first part of the series that we're going to be doing on the history of the Armada. We're looking forward to having more uh, special guests. We won't name who those are now, but we have some uh, surprises for you. Yeah, it's uh, I'm kind of excited because we, we have a very uniqueness to have access to not just hear a story that's pushed out by the team, um, but being able to push give content to to everyone on the story the players that were a part of it especially the ones that are retired now uh from the game so they can be very candid with what actually happened so i'm excited about this series i I know we were wanting to do this last year when we first kicked off but uh timing didn't work out so um hope you guys enjoy it yeah it's uh it's uh, safe to say we have a, a line for our lot of players uh, ready to join us. So that's been exciting to uh, the, the willingness that we've had for, for guys that want to speak and talk about their time with, uh, with the club and what, you know, it's just a great feeling to have and with the things we have going on and stuff that's coming up. So it's going to be uh, exciting as we go through this off season and, you know, with hopefully, you know, more announcements coming and things like that, it's going to be, an exciting off season rather than us just waiting around for the season to start. And with that, we will say go Armada. Vamos Armada. Bye. See ya. Armada!